Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 31st of July, the 212th day of 2023, with merely 153 days to play with until 2024. Today we're anticipating the seventh week of summer. Ah, the days, ah, the days, ah, the fine long summer days. Bach and friends Mir and Trickett sing in that venerable down east tune, The Ways of Man. The ways of man are passing strange. He buys his freedom and he counts his change. And he waits for the wind his days to arrange. And he calls the tide his master. Lately, a major local municipality, Bangor, has reported a rising tide of a different sort. Not the ones occurring daily, since the Penobscot River is tidal all the way to Bangor, and so too for a ways is the tributary Kanduskeg stream. No, the rising tide that is becoming a concern for City of Bangor officials, specifically those entrusted with water quality management, is the level of pear and polyfloral alkyl substances, abbreviated as PFAS, being found in Bangor's wastewater discharge tests. Those tests are an index of the quantity of PFAS subsequently being discharged in the Penobscot River, and Bangor's numbers are currently the highest in the state, according to a recent article in the Bangor Daily News. To say we are barely seeing the tip of the iceberg regarding the dangers of PFAS is an understatement, though research scientists strongly suspect the involvement of PFAS, or forever chemicals, in a number of different forms of cancer, as interfering with human hormones, as increasing LDL or lousy cholesterol, as compromising immune systems, and as elevating blood pressure. Importantly, PFAS are extremely concentrated and therefore potent chemicals. Bangor's wastewater tested at an average of 149 parts per trillion over six months, says Amanda Smith, director of water quality management for the city of Bangor. Aside from PFAS and elsewhere here in Orono, our battles, really just once a day minor skirmishes, with invading and apparently rapidly reproducing Japanese beetles continue apace. Things there could be certainly worse. Otherwise, Woody Woodchuck hasn't made an appearance that we can tell for about a fortnight. The peppers and eggplant are going gangbusters, as are tiger lilies, hollyhocks, Queen Anne's lace, the bee balm, Canadian rhubarb, evening primrose, oregano, Brussels sprouts, red cabbage, vine tomatoes, verbena, morning glories, comfrey, and stelladoro. Heavenward, tomorrow afternoon, August 1st at 2.32 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, we'll have the full sturgeon moon, also known variously as the corn moon, the harvest moon, the rising moon, the black cherries moon, and the mountain shadows moon. That full moon will be the first of two full moons this August, the other one occurring on the 30th with both being in the supermoon category because they happen to be closest in their orbits to us here on Earth. Additionally, because the full moon on the 30th will be the second full moon in the same month, that full moon is known as a blue moon. And in the evening sky to the west after sunset, look for the bright star Regulus and the red planet Mars keeping company. 
Today in 30 BC, Mark Antony received a minor victory, achieved a minor victory over Octavian at the Battle of Alexandria. Today in 1498, on his third voyage to the New World, Christopher Columbus first observed the island that soon would become known as Trinidad. Today in 1620, the English pilgrim separatists departed Leiden, Holland, beginning their journey to America and eventual founding of Plymouth Colony. Today in 1703, English writer Daniel Defoe was placed in a pillory for the crime of publishing a libelous, politically satirical pamphlet and is pelted with flowers. Today in 1777, at age 19, the Marquis de Lafayette was promoted to Major General in the Continental Army. Today in 1786, Robert Burns, also known as Robbie Burns, published his poems, chiefly in the Scottish dialect, also known as the Kilmarnock volume. Today in 1790, the first U.S. patent was granted to Samuel Hopkins for processing potash. Today in 1876, the U.S. Coast Guard Officers Training School was established in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Today in 1967, Rolling Stones Mick Jagger and Keith Richards ended their one-month jail sentence for possession of amphetamines and cannabis, respectively. Today in 1962 in Orlando, Florida, Wesley Snipes was born to an aircraft engineer father and a teacher's aide mother who divorced when Wesley was an infant. His mother moved Wesley and his two siblings to the South Bronx, where, biographer Ed Morrow tells us, Wesley became a favorite of his Aunt Della Sanders, who entered the youngster into talent shows. By age 12, he had a small role in an off-Broadway play, and within a few years had entered New York's High School of the Performing Arts. But because Wesley also began associating with rowdy types, his mother, fearful for his future, moved the family back to Orlando. Although at first bitter about leaving New York, Wesley soon discovered the theatrical background helped him secure the best roles in the plays at his new high school. And that led to work with a city-sponsored drama troupe, where he performed in puppet shows, experimented with a rendition of Shakespeare's character Puck, and played Felix Unger in a production of The Odd Couple. He later reflected, moving to Florida was the best thing that could happen to me. A lot of cats I grew up with in the South Bronx found themselves in sticky situations. Subsequently, Wesley easily gained entry into the SUNY Theater Arts Program at Purchase and went on to star in films such as 1991's New Jack City and 1992's White Men Can't Jump. Both films considerably different from Wesley Snipes' original dream of a life in show business as a song and dance man. Today is also the birthday in 1396 of Philip the Good, Duke of Burgundy. In 1527 of Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian II. In 1803 of Swedish-American inventor of the screw propeller, John Erickson. In 1837 of American Confederate guerrilla leader, William Quantrill. In 1886 of American film producer of Tom and Jerry, Fred Quimby. 1912 of American economist Milton Friedman and 1916 of American auto racer Louise Smith in 1919 of American sportscaster Kurt Gowdy in 1919 of Italian chemist and surveil, survival in Auschwitz author 
Primo Levi in 1932, of American philosopher John Searle, and American actor Ted Cassidy in 1944, of American actress Geraldine Chaplin, in 1946, of American drummer and singer Gary Lewis, in 1947, of English rock bassist Carl Green, in 1963 of British rock and roller singer Denise Johnson, and in 1965 of English writer J.K. Rowling. From Arnold, Maine, I'm R.W. Wasella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the seventh official week of summer and to the 31st week of 2023.